Hi guys. <laughs> I feel like I should preface this by saying I do have like a runny nose cold situation going on right now and ugh, if anybody can offer me their two cents in explaining how the fuck I got a cold when I've been wearing a mask all year then I would truly love to hear it but <sighs> alas I do have a cold so and it is also 9am so I may you know have my morning voice and a combination of a runny nose voice so if that's not your jam um sorry about it the fan in my bathroom has just gone off so if that if you heard <laughs> I kind of hum in the beginning of this that's what it is I don't, I don't really want to say straight off the bat that this is going to be a sad or dark or emotional episode um because I've tried my best to not plan it out so I can just speak as freely and as from the heart as possible um but so yeah uh, yeah I'm just gonna get into it because I'm, I'm beating around the bush here but I want to talk about Black Lives Matter and you know it's no secret I've mentioned it on the podcast before I am half black um even saying that is something that I've been I don't know would you say dealing with yeah let's say dealing with I've been kind of dealing with my black identity recently um and I think one of the biggest things about being mixed raised that I don't think a lot of people speak about is the kind of identity crisis that goes on um when you don't look like either of your parents and at least for me one of the biggest things when I was younger was my hair um it is still something that I like kind of struggle with in terms of insecurity and just knowing what the fuck to do with it but it's really weird when neither of your parents have the same hair as you and thus neither of them know what to do with it um and I went to like a really white school um and so I wanted hair that you know looked like everybody else and it didn't and I would always get really upset and god bless my mom because she had to deal with me coming home every day from school in tears wondering why my hair didn't look like everybody else's um and so we did everything to get my hair to look like everybody else's which is sad because now like as an adult um loads of people are like oh I love your curly hair Mary like you should have it like that more often but I'm just so pro programmed to believe that curly hair isn't beautiful because my whole life I've been treated as such um there were even moments in school where like I would have to move to the back of the classroom because my hair was too big or like teachers like when I had my hair braided for example like teachers just would make sly comments and things like that and you know it sticks with you especially when you're younger if that's all you ever hear and you don't ever see people who have the same hair as you um it doesn't really sit right with you um and so yeah I kind of always had that crisis going on so I say until I was maybe 18 my hair was completely damaged like just such bad heat damage and I would just straighten and dye it 
every single week. Like, it was ridiculous. And then being mixed race was always kind of like, uh, I don't know who I I fit in with because um, I don't I don't actually know if this was just like a my school thing. I mean, my school was pretty culty, let's say. Um, but I always felt that I wasn't black enough to be friends with the black girls and I wasn't white enough to be friends with the white girls. And that's not me in any way, shape or form implying that you have to um, be of the same race as your friends. However, there would always be comments made when I would try and relate to certain things. Like, oh yeah, but you're half white so you don't get it. Or, yeah, but you're half black so you don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, but why is no one seeing that I deal with both sides of it? <laughs> um, And so... Yeah, even when it comes to speaking about Black Lives Matter, I've always been kind of reserved and shy, up until recently, um, about saying anything because I just always felt like I wasn't black enough. And I always had to prove just how black I was. Um, And that really annoys me because I don't know any of my white family. Um, you know, just dive in and give my family background here. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I don't like. I'm not a family person at all. I don't. I've never had a big family. I don't have cousins. I don't have like nephews and nieces and stuff. I just it's just me and my parents. Um, and it's always been that way. And so the culture that I know is directly from them, and. That means that growing up, I ate a lot of African food and I listened to a lot of African culture um, and stories and music and stuff. And the whiteness of me, I guess, the, the British side of me, I learned from being, you know, in school and being here and being born here and being British because even my dad and this is another thing like if you know me you'll know this but even my dad is very in touch with like afro-caribbean roots he grew up in the bahamas and he spent a lot of time in jamaica and trinidad and like he knows more about black culture than i do and he's always tried to instill that in me and he's always introducing me to like the foundations of rock and roll which you know is black if you didn't know um and introducing me to black artists and like my dad was the person my white dad was the person that introduced me to Aki and Saltfish like come on um so like black culture has always been a massive part of my life and I mean how could it not be I'm black but there have just been so many times that that's been doubted and questioned and there have been times I even remember once I was in school and someone said to me oh I just thought you were a white girl with a tan and I was like what like that makes no sense to me because that's it it was phrased as if it was a compliment first and foremost as if like eradicating my black side was was the need it was what I needed to do um in order to be cool and trendy but also it just like reinforced my insecurity of like not being black enough and that's something that sucks and I think a lot of mixed race people would be able to identify with that sort of like not belonging um, 
and I don't mean to make it sound like a sob story and make anyone feel sorry for me, like, no way, but I think the feeling of not belonging can also coexist with knowing that as a mixed race person you do have more privilege than say someone who's dark skinned or darker than you are or fully black um and I do think that that's something that you have to discover I don't think you're born knowing that that's a privilege that you have to accept um and you deal with different types of discrimination like for example my mom and I would deal with different types of discrimination because I am half white and she's fully black but um I also think that with that statement it's really important to know that like no white person will ever see me as white regardless of the fact that my dad's white they will see me as a person of colour because there is a tan to my skin. And I do not have Eurocentric features. I do not have a tiny nose and small lips. Um, and actually that brings me on to my next point of this idea now that's kind of resurfacing that I thought as a society we were progressing past, but clearly we haven't. Um, this idea that the beauty standard is Eurocentric features uh, if you're not on TikTok, then maybe you haven't seen this trend, but it's things like, if your nose doesn't move when you, like, say this certain word, then you're pretty, but, like, the only way your nose wouldn't move is if you have, like, a really tiny button nose, which then means that any of us who don't have that nose, which is, yes, a very Eurocentric feature, um, we're ugly, basically, and that just reinforces the idea that these Eurocentric beauty standards are what we should all aim and strive for and it doesn't even surprise me that there has been like a massive increase in the need and want for a nose job in like my age bracket because I had never ever in my life even like desired having a nose job I never thought anything was wrong with my nose like it's my nose I just need it to breathe you know um and now just like everybody I know is like I really want a nose job like I really want a small button nose and I started to question my nose I was like should I get a nose job like do I want a cute button nose and honestly thank god my parents are the way they are and they're literally like shut the fuck up like you're not getting a nose job um because a button nose would not suit my face like I have a really long head (laughs) like a button nose would not suit me And it would just be another way to wipe away my identity, wipe away my blackness. Um, So yeah, that's that part of of my identity crisis. Um, I don't think it's something that's spoken about enough. And it does really upset me because, you know, mixed race people exist. And not only do we have to deal with the identity crisis of feeling like we don't belong, and not looking like either of our parents, I mean, yeah, our existence is still frowned upon by people, because a lot of people don't agree with interracial marriage, they don't, they don't like it, and I have had to sit there and watch people say in front of me, like, it is so disgusting that black people and white people get married, um, it's so disgusting that, like, they have children, mixed race people then think they're better than everyone else and like I don't know like 
hearing things like that, like actually hearing people say it, as opposed to like seeing someone write it on a screen, it hits differently. Like everything I've ever known is my parents' marriage. And so growing up, I didn't know that people had a problem with interracial relationships. I didn't know that was a thing because that's all I knew. That was my normal. I was born with a black mom and a white dad. Like that was my life. It made sense. Obviously, if some if that's all you've ever known, you would never question that it's not normal because it is your normal. I've said normal a lot, but you know, like I just thought, well, some people have just white parents, some people have just black parents. I have both. I have the best of both worlds, you know? And then I found out that some people don't feel that way. And yeah, it was a lot to do with. <laughs> um but I won't really get into that because that's definitely just like something that I don't even want to give attention to because I think it's just such a disgusting mindset but you know like people like that do exist and they do say things like that and they say it very boldly and very proudly and they're very confident in their statements and beliefs and you know I wish that I could have the power to change the way those people think but sometimes you don't and that's another thing that I've had to grow to accept. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I don't have to prove how black I am. I don't have to prove that I'm half white. I don't have to prove that I can change your racist opinions. I just need to be comfortable in myself. And that's a journey. Like, I wouldn't even say that I'm there yet. And I'm 22. Um, I had to think about that for a minute. But yeah, I'm 22. And I'm still working every day, loving my blackness. And trying to be boldly black in a world that doesn't appreciate me which sucks but hopefully there'll be a day where another 22 year old in the future won't have to say that <laughs> um but the the reason behind me making this episode wasn't to talk about being mixed race it was to talk about the fact that I made an Instagram post over the summer in light of the death of George Floyd um and it was basically me saying to the people that followed me, like my friends or whatever, please know that this doesn't end when social media loses interest. Black people are still dying every day. And it was just like, you know, those those Instagram like swipe things. Um, it was just one of those with a bunch of resources and stuff on how to educate yourself. And I don't know how. But recently, the picture blew up again. And, like, my notifications on Instagram are just people liking and sharing that picture. Which is fine. And I'm very glad because it has been, like, what, seven, eight months since that picture. And to see that people are still interested in sharing it and stuff is, like, is really cool. However, someone did comment on it and was like, so are white people. And I assume that's in reference to me saying black people are dying every day. Um, and that really pissed me off. Like, it really angered me because that wasn't the only comment that was like that. And initially when that post went up, it received so much love and there wasn't anybody saying, like, oh, so are white people. Like, like someone even commented after that comment recently saying, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. And I just, I, I deleted all the comments instantly. But it just really pissed me off because why 
do people think that it is okay to diminish or belittle an argument on human rights by saying that other people are dying too? Like, the Black Lives Matter movement isn't about pretending that uh, like bad things don't happen to other people. And the only way that I can explain this in layman's terms using a very current example is to explain it in terms of COVID-19 and like COVID's going on right now and it's killing millions and it's horrible and it's unjust and it should not be happening, right? But there are also other viruses in the world that are deadly and are killing people and they should not exist. We're not denying that those viruses exist. We're not saying that those viruses aren't killing people, but we're saying that right now in this present moment, COVID-19 is a mass killer and it needs to be eradicated. Hence why people are putting out vaccines and even trying to find a new vaccine for the new mutation of COVID-19, which is COVID-20. Um, you know, there is so much going in to trying to get rid of COVID-19 because it is the the biggest problem right now. It is the biggest thing that is completely ruining people's lives. And to black people, and it should be to everybody, but it's not, so I'm going to say to black people, racism and systemic racism and the police brutality that goes on across the world towards us is the biggest problem. And it is unfair to sit there and say, yeah, well, white people are dying too. Because, yeah, white people are dying, but it shouldn't be a two statement. It shouldn't be an as well statement. It should be its own argument. You should start up your own movement. Do you know what I mean? Like, not to be louder than the Black Lives Matter movement, not to speak over the Black Lives Matter movement, but you can't, you can't fight two injustices against each other especially when the injustices are not the same because white people in America are not killed for the color of their skin. Black people in America are killed for simply being black and that's what we're dealing with right now and so I get so like I'm even getting emotional now it's literally fucking 10 a.m but it's so frustrating to see that all lives matter mentality because how do you fail to grasp that all lives don't matter right now because black lives don't matter in the eyes of some white people? Like, how does that not make sense? The very fact that we have to fear going outside in case we die for simply existing means that people don't think that our life matters. And that's what we're doing. That's why Black Lives Matter exists. That's why there are so many protests and movements and people writing books and making movies to inform and educate the world on the injustices that go on every single day because people are not seeing it. So to sit there and say, to, especially to say to a black person, white people are dying too. Like, I don't even have the patience for it. Like, I cannot even sit there and write an MLA format dissertation argument on why the fuck you're an idiot because... I, do you know what? You don't deserve my time. You do not deserve my black time, okay? And black people are not here to educate you on the racism that they did not create. That's not our job. Um. So if you're going to be ignorant, if you're going to be <laughs> an arsehole, um, just expect your comments to be deleted. Simple as.
because I, I just don't, I don't know what to say anymore, you know, you think progress is being made, you think times are changing, and then you see things like that, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, I was trapped in my own bubble, and I also think that's another big thing, like, it's so easy to think that people are progressing past their, like, ignorance to their white privilege, or their racist behaviours and stuff like that, but you have to remind yourself every single day that, like, would you really surround yourself with racists? Like, if you're not racist? No. So when you have these conversations with your friends and you're like, oh my god, yeah, like, people are good. No, your bubble of friends and family are good. And that's, that's an echo chamber of your thoughts. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be friends with someone who didn't align with you. I mean, at least I wouldn't, like, I would not be friends with someone who did not align with me politically and socially. Um, and so obviously when I'm having conversations with people I know, we think the same, not the same, but like similar things. And especially as a black person, like I'm not going to be friends with a racist person. There is just no way. So it's very easy to forget that there are other people in the world who don't think the way you think. And it's sad and it sucks. Um, But I just, uh, I hate saying I hope because it feels like we've been hoping for a really long time now. But I really hope that there is a day where black people don't have to feel like this. And I, I don't know if it'll be soon. I don't know if it'll be long after I'm gone, but if there is an afterlife or a heaven or anything in which I can like look back at this world and look down and see hopefully the progress it's made, then I really, really, really do hope that that day exists. And it should have existed a long time ago, but it didn't, so here we are. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. I know this is like shorter than my my regular podcast episodes. It's just because those are the two points I really want, wanted and needed to make. Um, and I've been thinking about how to address this. I didn't know if I was going to make like an IGTV or like write a, a piece about it or I don't know. But this feels like the most authentic way to do it. I didn't want to film or like record myself, like my face, because I feel like I would have put on an act of like not being emotional. Whereas like I'm recording this podcast, but you can't see me. So if I cry, you will never know. Even though I did say I'm getting emotional. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, I will probably make another episode on this because it is something obviously that's so close to my heart because I'm black like I can't run away from it I can't just go home and pretend it doesn't happen um but this is kind of just a stream of consciousness that I had to get off my chest because it's been rattling around in my brain since like two days ago since that person commented on my Instagram post and I turned the comments off so like if you do go and find that post um that's why because I just could not deal with the ignorance that was streaming through my Instagram notifications, um, because I just, I struggle to believe that people like that exist, I like to believe that, that people are good, but some people aren't, so there we go, <laughs> but 
yeah, please keep doing the work. Um, please keep like involved in Black Lives Matter. I know over the summer there was so much involvement and it was so beautiful and, and incredible to see, but that has died down now and that it's kind of rude to your black friends, may I add. This whole idea of online allyship um, was never sustainable for long periods of time because that's the very basis that social media is built on. It's built on trends and things that come in and out. And as much as it was heartwarming to see so many people come forward and be like, yes, I did not recognize my white privilege and thank you, I'm willing to change and this is what I'm doing. Please keep doing it. Even if it's behind the scenes, even if you don't post it on Instagram, keep having the uncomfortable conversations. Keep educating yourself. Keep donating if you can. Black people still die. Black people are still being arrested unfairly. Um, people of colour are suffering the most in this pandemic. So please just think about these things. Um, but yeah, I will actually love you and leave you, besties. Um, yeah, goodbye. <laughs>